Hello everyone, it's Christian Fuchs, former Schalke player. And just to know, you are listening to Schalke America. Glück auf. Sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. Welcome to episode 152 of Schalke America. I'm your host Richard Carmen. Joining me as always on this Victory Monday, Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing? I'm doing excellent, sir. It was uh, quite the sports weekend for us. I mean, first of all, big win, much needed win, some consistency, couple in a row. That's what we've been looking for, right? Uh, big win over Hanover. Uh, but also my Kansas Jayhawks winning a couple of the uh, first round games there uh, in March Madness, which is good to be back. And then, of course, as well, uh, the return of Formula One, which you and I are both very uh, excited about. Yeah. So great sports weekend for me. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I think I think we're, I don't I think we're both. But at least I know I'm excited about how the results of F1 a sweep for Ferrari. Um, but yeah, no, overall, good weekend. Obviously, shock one. March Madness is going on. Uh, life is busy at my, you know, for myself. I'm looking for a house at the moment. So. No, things are good. You know, sports are good at the moment. And uh, yeah, cannot complain. And um, yeah, this weekend uh, started off with a bang. Obviously, uh, we started with the uh, the watch along for the game against Hanover 96. Uh, once again, one football was not cooperating with us, Jack. Uh, the stream wasn't working. So I had to find a nice little dodgy way of uh, watching the game. But I got to watch the game nonetheless with a bunch of people on the watch along. Um yeah, it just uh, seems a reliable sources lately. Yeah, I mean, listen, your your dedication to these watch along <laughs> streams, despite the the mixed reliability of of various uh, actual game streams, uh, is is commendable. Uh, and I'm sure uh, you know everyone that enjoys kind of hanging out during the games has been very appreciative of it. So yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. We stick through it through thick and thin, I guess, right? For both Shaka and the stream, uh, and a nice. Nice to see back on the sidelines. Buyo, Buyo's back on the, on the sidelines. Buskins, uh, back as the manager. Um, always good to have him back. Obviously, he's back from COVID-19. Uh, though I beg the question, Jack, um, is it him managing on the sideline or is it Kreutzer? Because it looked like a little bit of both during the game. I don't know if you saw saw that. Hey, well, I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to that. If there's multiple guys that are in the mix on the coaching staff that have tactical ideas and Buskins is fine with with Kreutzer, you know, pitching in and they're on the same page. That's not a problem. And it's probably actually a better thing to have multiple voices. Um, hopefully, you know, the message wouldn't be stale this early into Buskins tenure, like <laughs> taking over the team. But he's also been there for a while. So they've probably been hearing yeah. from him for a while. So just I mean, the, the more people you can have, you know, putting a different spin on the message or whatever is probably um, not a bad idea, but yeah, good to have him back on the sidelines after his uh, his missing from COVID last week. And uh, you know, we love some some Buskin celebrations and the faces he makes and everything. So it's nice uh, to have his presence back. Absolutely, and and it sounds like that that's overwhelming that everyone loved Kreutzer as well, and so they really respect him and his ideas as well. So I can see how Buskins, you know, allows him to at times he'll go up there and Kreutzer's one direct in play, and then Buyo come up there and and direct play as well. So yeah, it's uh, good to see out there. And uh, speaking of good to see that. The lineup was interesting. It wasn't our normal 3-5-2. At least it didn't appear to me, Jack. Um, everything I saw and everything I was watching in the game looked like it was a 4-2-3-1. And I'm curious for your thoughts 
uh, lineup in this one. Uh, back four of Chalanolo, Chalanolu, Itakura, Tiao, and Loda. Loda getting the starting right back. Uh, two holding midfielders of Flick and Paulson, which we talked about before. I'm curious to see how that would work. And then obviously Salazar, Bulter, and Drexler behind Taroda. Uh, did you see the lineup in that same formation? Obviously, formation is just a, a fluid thing or a numbers thing, but what were your thoughts? Yeah, so initially I actually did. Um, first, Early on, like the first few minutes, it kind of looked like that a couple times. Um, I know there was at least once as well, kind of against the ball, um, when Hanover was building out of the back, our, our kind of shape when we were defending appeared to be that that kind of system um i do think after maybe maybe i don't know 20 minutes or more than that it, it sort of started appearing that we were going back to our five shape because it seemed like paulson was playing in the back line quite a bit now obviously you can have a you know a defensive midfielder drop between the center backs in, in build up and we, we see that sometimes anyway but it did seem like we kind of changed system and that like flick was kind of playing the six for a lot of that game uh patrolling back there um, and then, you know, both are in Toronto up top in that partnership, as you would expect with Salazar and Drex or sort of the, uh, the two central midfielders. Yeah. And we'll get into this later on, but you know, a couple guys off the bat that really impressed me in this one, Marius Loda, who I've been given a hard time with so far this season or well, since he's been with us, uh, flick, I thought had a pretty good game as well. Uh, and then obviously Salazar with, with the game he had, obviously with a quiet Toronto Salazar kind of stepped up in this one as well. So my initial takes there for the game, uh, but the lineup, yeah, it was interesting. Obviously, he's having the the youngster uh, Daniel Kiriawa on the on the sidelines there uh, as midfielder, um, and then some of the some of the, the same names we've always seen: Idrizi, Piringer, uh, Sane, Cherlinov, etc. So yeah, no, um, yeah, Sane Sane back apparently not healthy enough, you know, to get the full uh, ninety minute run, uh, which you know opens up obviously big questions: who's going to take over? that other uh that other role uh, a couple different options there ultimately that's why i think it was kind of paulson that kind of slid back there ultimately at some point in the game i know you maybe saw it differently from the shape perspective but mm-hmm. um uh so that, that was an interesting question because we've also seen flick obviously in that role at, at times as well he's been tried out there so i thought there he was he was potentially going to be somebody who's going to be called upon and then yeah loda hasn't really was that his his debut as a starter i think he's only appeared in substitute appearances previously maybe i'm wrong yeah. about that no you're right you're right um so yeah, he hasn't gotten much run. Um, and I actually thought early into this game he he was having trouble getting involved, but ultimately ended up being a pretty big contributor. So you oh, have yeah. to give him you have to give him props. And it's kind of funny. It seems like whenever we have um like a debut or sort of maybe a long awaited return for a specific player in that position, they end up like having like multiple assists or have some sort of massive game like yeah. in the first one. Um, which is which is fortunate. Yeah, Chananogle getting that run out at like kind of left wing back again. Um for what third game in a row, maybe now. Yes, sir. Um, so hopefully we get Obion back soon. But obviously Chenoweth has been—he's been putting in shifts. Yep. I thought he's been weaker the previous two games as opposed to the first one, but still, you know, mostly okay. Um, Drexler strong again. I like Drexler in this game. I thought he was pretty good. Um, Salazar first half, I thought was pretty poor actually, but then second half was just you know a monster. Kind of a similar arc for him the past two weeks. I think I said <laughs> the same thing last week. Yeah. It was this week probably even to a greater extent. Um, and as he went, so kind of went the team. And then, you know, both of them Toronto up top. They're going to do what they're going to do. Um, uh, Toronto maybe didn't get as involved as you would expect. Uh, but, um, you know, still a presence up there and still was close to being on the end of a couple of things. Yeah. Shout out to uh, both Sambo and Jamal in the chat. Uh, we see you guys. Uh, let us know who else is in the chat. Let us know where you guys are from. Uh, both guys of these guys are in Germany, so love to get the German love here. And he says, uh, the return of that organized support felt so good. I agree. The crowd was amazing. Uh, best part of the weekend in his in, in his opinion, uh, and he thought it was very important for us in our promotion fight uh, with the crowd and involved. And I agree 100. Uh, percent 
so we definitely need that crowd support, and they're definitely were in full voice in this one. Yeah, they had some great shots of the North Cover earlier in the game, and you know the the whole section was moving back and forth. There was nobody you know standing still in the entire uh, area there, so it was beautiful to see. What have we been telling everybody on this run up to the finale of the of the season is that every team we play against is going to have somebody who used to be a shotgun that's going to scare the shit out of us. Uh, and Hanover were no exception to this one. Uh, Zeeler, who I thought was phenomenal in this game, actually, uh, the goalkeeper. Uh, Why Dante Stryker with Cedric Toykert, the guy you know who used to be Ushaka. Philip Oaks, uh, Murioa, excuse me, uh, Valbrecht, Frank, uh, Undua, Bernard, Demers, and Kirk. Um, obviously, Cedric Toykert is going to be the one that we're going to be focusing on because, one, he used to be Ushaka, and he had some upside prior to coming to Ushaka. So we thought there's a very good chance he's going to score against us. Sure enough, he uh, he he did that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we make this joke a lot, but it's the fact that we the genesis of that joke is that this actually kind of does happen somewhat regularly to us, like more than you would potentially expect. We've gotten away with a couple of them recently, like Benjamin Goller, I think, didn't like do anything against us this time. Um, but uh, yeah, of course, naturally, Toykert's in the starting lineup. Uh, somebody who did he even score a goal for us at Schalke? Certainly not more than like three. I, I don't yeah, think. that was a handful I mean, at most. But you know, naturally in the starting lineup and ends up having it was a world impact. So, <laughs> um, and also I think I think whatever whatever bridges he may have had officially burned after that game because he was just <laughs> he was I mean he he had that like dive where he was trying to like draw a red card or something like yeah. early into the game on that breakaway, which was a complete and total like flop. Like I mean, yeah. he's holding his face and everything as if he got like hit significantly. It was you know anyway. Um, <laughs> I was surprised that he was acting out, you know, in front of the, his his former team in the home crowd, but clearly looked motivated to uh, to show us something, and ultimately did. Yeah, yeah, no, no he absolutely was uh, something. I'll, I'll I'll say that. I'll put it that way. Uh, interesting game in this one. Um, obviously Hanover were, were further below the table than we were. I think they were maybe thirteenth at the at the moment at the end of, at the start of the game. They end up being fourteenth now. Um, the game was is interesting. Like I thought. It's fairly even for the most part, at least for the first half hour or so. We had some opportunities. Zeeler came up huge on Tarota on a great pass from Salazar, maybe the one good play he had in the first half. Um, Frazzle had to play tightness corner because I don't think it was Toyker, but it was maybe um, somebody else who off a corner kick tried to go directly into goal, hit off the post, off of Tiao and out of the bounds. So Frazzle had to be aware of that. But you know, overall, I thought it was fairly even, even though the statistics were maybe in Shaka's favor somewhat. Um, just slightly, especially corner kicks. Corner kicks, they, they dominated that statistic all game long. But how did you see the first half, probably the first 35, 40 minutes? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think maybe sort of the back end of the first 10 minutes or so, there was a brief period of there of, for like a couple minutes where they they suddenly seemed to have actually a decent amount of sustained pressure in our final third, and they were getting wide on us and whipping some dangerous balls in. So there were some like half chances that they just didn't really – convert or make the final pass on, but they were looking like they were probing. Um, I think maybe Chana Nogli a couple of times um, slow to get back on defense because he'll be sort of like halfway advanced, you know, trying to create the angle in possession and we'll lose the ball or something. And it's kind of like unclear really where it's going to go. And he should probably already be getting back into position by then. He doesn't. And then they're able to launch a quick counterattack into that space. And you have Ida Kerr or somebody trying to track him down. Um, I think there's a couple moments like that around there where they looked dangerous for a bit. And I was actually thinking, like, I mean, please, like, this is one of the worst offensive teams in, in the Bundesliga. What do they, I mean, what do they have, 25 goals now, something like that? Like, we talked about that last week coming in. 
the kind of pressure they were showing for a couple minutes was scary. But then, yeah, it definitely calmed down. And I thought, you know, the rest of the first half was pretty. Um, I mean, not not a, not a ton to speak about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fireheads in the chat as well as Med Hunter. Med Hunter saying this is actually Toykert's first goal at Velton's Arena. So lo and behold, he scores it against us, right? So uh, funny how that happens. But though, yo, Shaka started putting pressure towards the end of the first half. Um, some sustained pressure. Salads are really sort of coming coming awake. He had this wonderful header, kind of cause a uh, a corner kick. He goes and takes the corner kick, of course, with no uh, Thomas Oyan in the in the lineup. Uh, it goes in the box, bounces around. Loda looks like he's getting ready to get the ball. And at first, I thought he's going for a shot and just whiffed on it. You watch the replay. It looked like he ma- made the pass intentionally to Ko Itakura. And Itakura w- didn't even think about it. Just slammed it home and back in the back of the net. One nothing. Great way to end the first half. Uh, thoughts on the set piece goal and I guess what led up to that goal? Yeah, definitely more convinced of the intentionality of that Loda pass than the Salazar one to Tirada back post in the first half, which I think may have been a shot attempt, like a curler that Tirada just kind of ran onto potentially. I don't know if you remember the play I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a nice opportunistic finish from Cody Curra. Not the first goal he scored this season, so nice to get some um, production uh, from him. And he's been doing it with his feet quite a bit. So a lot of times when you're seeing the center back score, it's, you know, it's a header on a, on a corner kicker, you know, what, what have you. Um, and Itakura scored, I think a number of goals now with, you know, some nice kind of depth finishes with his feet. So, uh, yeah, uh, Salazar, um, I actually thought was pretty poor from corner kicks as he typically is like he, he, he's a good player and can make some nice passes in the flow of the game. Just not great from set pieces. That was another one that was pretty short. And I think it was maybe flipped on kind of into the mix. Um, but I know he had a couple too that were kind of cut out that because they yeah. just didn't even get past the first defender kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, big, big to grab that kind of going um, right kind of at the midpoint of the game there. Yeah. And so one nothing going into halftime was obviously a better result than what we, you know, going in zero zero because obviously even, even with one nothing Lee, you know, it's, you want to put a team away like Hanover away, right? You, you get, put a couple goals on them and then eventually the, the dam is going to break. We kept saying that about last week. We finally did, you know, eventually that dam kind of opened. We won, you know, a bigger result. Um, so Samba says, so that's interesting in chat. Sambo thinks Dunch is going to be possibly the next kit sponsor. Uh, and so I was looking this up, right? And for those who don't know who Dunch is, it is the best choice for your garden. It's innovative design and superior quality and outdoor power equipment. So very similar to Cole or, or, or Kohler or, or these other American brands that we, we, we are more familiar with. Uh, but Sam was also saying Adidas is back next season as well. So, hey, if we get promoted... A lot more sponsors are coming in, but uh, it's a long way. To, oh, there you go. Adidas. Adidas. I like it. I like it. Uh, so, yeah, one nothing up at halftime. Uh, statistics, everything is pretty much even for the most part. I mean, like I said, visually, at the end of that first half, we started putting more pressure in there. Uh, yeah, we turned we turned it up. We were struggling, I thought, to build for a lot of the first half. Like I said, I think Loda was struggling to get involved. Um, you know, showed a willingness to play some crosses in, but couldn't really do a whole lot in possession. And then also, once you have Paulson, like I said, kind of in the back line, having two of those guys in your back five is just like it's difficult to build with them. Yeah. Um, personally, I mean, if if you had like Sane back there and then like a typical right back like Tronov, it'd be a little bit easier. Um, so I think that was a problem. And then, like I said, I think I thought Zalatar was kind of poor, a little bit off the pace, a little bit overly selfish i thought in the first half at times and just it, it was kind of like the mediocre salazar and then suddenly like the the switch uh gets flipped and, and he, he turned into somebody better in the second half and before getting to the second half i thought the first half i was particularly impressed i guess by flick his calmness on the ball he's going to be everywhere making good tackles and like tiao had a good play i might have been on the circuit toyker or vidant uh one-on-one uh, and koi takura obviously 
um, with the goal, but he also had some good tackling as well. So I saw some of the defensive play by some of the guys was was pretty good. Uh, but a lot, a lot of the guys, like you said, it was it was slow to build. It took a while uh, for some guys to get into line into the into the game, like Loda and and Salazar. Uh, and then the second half, you know, we're waiting to see when are we gonna get that second goal. You know, Toronto really wasn't involved really much in the first half or in the game in general. Uh, but of course, the former Shaka man, Cedric Toykert, scores a worldie of a goal. Nice footwork in the box, really evades what two, three guys, and then puts off a curler from like uh, a nice angle. Um, Frazzle had no chance of that. It just uh, bad defense, but it was a good finish by 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 uh, Toykert there. Yeah, it was like a give and go kind of situation at the top of the box that got them deep, kind of towards the end line. Um, gets cut back for for Toykert. Um, and then, yeah, you said he kind of like dances around a little bit to get clear and kind of circles around. And um, I mean, you have, you have to give him credit because I don't even know if he looked at goal to see where it was. If he did, it was like, you know, the most casual and quick of side eyes. Like he's not What's turning that? his head like he may have glanced like, you know, peripherally um, and uh, just, you know, hits a curler with a lot of pace back post. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a great goal. It, yeah. Nothing else you could say about it. It's just really well done. Yeah, and you always worry how 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 is the response going to be from Schalke? Is there going to be a response? Is is Hanover going to start going on the offensive? Uh, we saw quickly that Schalke really got back into it, whether it's the words of Kreutzer or Buyo or whoever. Uh, they got into it really quickly, kind of put the pressure back against Hanover. Uh, and then what we saw was a nice buildup. It was Salazar kind of getting the ball, and the, he ended up passing it to uh, Paulson, who one times passed all the cross pitch to Loda, Loda. One on one does a nice little move. Salazar makes his run after he makes the initial pass. Mm-hmm. Gets, a, gets a feed from Loda and puts a blast past Zeller, who Zeller was having a fantastic game up to that point. Puts him just by his head. Uh, two to one. What a great goal. What a Loda again. Second assist of the game. Where's this come from? Yeah, you know, like Zeller maybe not at, at the heights that people had expected, I guess, potentially even in his career, but still very, you know, solid goalkeeper. So, yeah, not, not surprising to see him put in a good performance. Um, yeah, I mean, Zalatar was was on the ball in the center of the field, like you said, doing some good stuff, laid it off to Paulson, crossover Loda. And um, when that ball went wide to, to Loda, uh, Drexler, who had been to kind of the top of the box, he moved out wide as well and dragged the defender with him, which created this sort of like soft spot in the defense. And then Zalatar made that sort of trailing run diagonally to occupy that space that Drexler had just um, you know, uh, made available by his movement too. And then, then yeah, and then Loda played another good ball in, <laughs> picks up yeah. the second assist of the game. Like who would have expected him to have that kind of uh, impact? And I mean, you got to say it's a, it's a fantastic finish from yeah. Barbigo Salazar. He just absolutely, you know, almost rips the net off his hinges or whatever hinges. The nets have hinges. I don't know what nets have hooks, well, something. We'll, we'll give it. However, they're fastened. They almost were <laughs> no longer fastened after that shot. Um, it's a good, good, good hit. And so, you know, like Goal involvement from Salazar recently too, in a couple games in a row too. So I mean, like that's that's huge. We keep talking about like Torada can't be the only guy scoring goals for you. It can't just be exactly. Torada and Bolter. Uh, Torada was quiet in this one, and we got goals from Itakura and Salazar. You'll take it. Yeah, and we can't rely only on on Thomas Oyan, right? In two games now, back to back games with three and two five goals in two games. So that's good. That's good. We want to see that. Uh, we had some. Uh, Torada had another chance later on where she was like fired up at somebody after he missed his shot. Bolter had an opportunity as well, and so. Yeah, it was uh, overall the rest of the game kind of just played itself out. Um, but yeah, we ended up winning the game two to one. Um, nice, nice result for the guys. Uh, we needed that win, absolutely. Um, Wasteful, though, wouldn't you say, in the second half a little bit? Absolutely. Could have put that game to bed. Should have blown them away. Yeah, I mean, could have picked up an insurance goal or two 
and I thought, you know, had a number of chances that we just didn't finish. So, and that, that's what was funny is so often this season, it's it's a question of not having an, enough quality chances in the game. We have we have people that can finish them, Toronto, et cetera, that put these kind of things away. We're just not creating enough of them. And in this game, it was the opposite. We just couldn't have anyone put them away, and we had more than enough, you know, to, to deal with. I think we had like, like 20 shots, maybe 10 of them are on target. And I think, you know, there was some half chances in there as well that almost could have been better too. So yeah. um, there you go, 29 again. Um, yeah, I mean – really efficient like with less possession uh and i thought we dominated the second half first half was kind of you know whatever second half was one-way traffic and we probably should have had more than more than the two goals deserve win for me yeah and i agree with, i agree with william uh shot the can in the house give a shout out to them um that second goal probably did break their confidence i think because they didn't really look threatening but again like you mentioned we, we blew some chances we really shouldn't have blown them out and we made it closer it was unnecessarily close uh to the end of the game but you know we we held it out um 2-1 victories i mean some of the statistics are overwhelming here shots 20 to 9 on target 9 to 4 possession was more in their favor but of course they're trying to play catch up you know most of that second half corners though 12 to 2 usually we can dominate the statistic and from from the onset of the game uh we were constantly getting corner kicks you know whether it's you know hustle plays a force a ball to get turned over into the corner kick or whatever but 12 to 2 that's pretty good for us that might be a record for us this season um and then you know obviously they're gonna have more passes because they're playing catch up but um interesting interesting statistic uh, statistics i should say um thoughts on a lot of i mean you mentioned some of the guys already about how you felt they're playing and stuff yeah yeah i mean i thought i thought a lot of them were solid i thought drexler had a pretty decent game i thought i thought flick was was good as well maybe quieter in the first half as well kind of a similar arc to solid star once the game opened up flick seems to be able to kind of influence it a little bit more i thought he was still a little bit shot happy um, a couple times where like the ball falls from the edge of the box and he's immediately just ripping a shot from kind of a bad body position. He needs to cut that out of his game, in my opinion, because he's because he can play a good ball and he can play a good pass. And I think if he looks for it in those situations rather than always going shot, it might serve him well. Um, Chattanooga, like I mentioned, I thought was was, you know, not at his best, but still totally fine. Yeah. Um, the one guy I did want to shout out was uh, was Bolter, um, actually. Uh, and he was yanked okay. early. But like I thought. I thought this performance in particular really demonstrated um, the value of Bolter and why he's starting over Peeringer. And it's like, and Peeringer, I thought had a good cameo when he came on, by the way, the last couple of minutes, you know, I good agree. effort from him, but like Bolter dropping deep and allowing Toronto to be the target man and Bolter in the combination play, the hold up play and the things he can do. And sometimes he can, you know, um, he can dribble through a couple guys and then find a nice outlet pass. Like in can play across. Like he's very, I don't know. He, he's multidimensional there not the fastest, but can do some things. So as long as he's not, you know, in like a wing back role, like we saw him once we has to go up and down the field. <laughs> but like that kind of bolter performance, I thought is that's why he's a great foil, I think for, for Tirada and maybe somebody pace here would be a better foil in certain ways, but I thought bolter actually had a pretty solid game and contributed a lot. That was interesting because too, I thought having bolter playing behind Tirada kind of like that 10 role, which would have been odd. Obviously it's better than playing a wing back, right? But you know, how would that work? Cause Salazar, you think would be more in the middle there and, and Bolter's played very well on the left-hand side all season long. So yeah, how would that work? But it, he did a pretty good job, like you said, and coming in deep and making those long runs and setting up some guys and feeding off of Toronto. So yeah, and no, I thought that was pretty good. And then the other position, I guess, or positions is Paulson and Flick playing together. I was curious how that would work or if it would not work. Um, as you mentioned, Paulson had been dropping, in, dropping deep in the game. Um, Flick also was coming back defensively, doing some good work defensively. I was really impressed. I thought he had a very good game, honestly. Flick did, uh, making some key tackles along with Paulson, and then also trying to spring the attack on the other way. Had a, a shot or two in the game, set up some long passes, nice deep range uh, by him. So I thought you know, those two together seemed very promising. You know, if you 
if this formation, however you want to call it, it continues forward, you know, maybe they can find a way to work together because Flick can be that six role and, and maybe maybe even eight slightly to an extent, you know, with some of his runs. But Paulson's definitely that drop back guy and stay at home at defense. And so having a little bit of both on the pitch at the same time, maybe can work. Plus, you got Drexler who just works his ass off and Salatar whose work rate is just through the roof. Maybe that's what we need going down the stretch is guys just working their ass off trying to get those three points as opposed to, you know, being too passive. I don't know. Yeah, I, I still I still don't know if I see it if we have um, our kind of our full complement of center backs healthy uh, because I, I just I can't imagine Buskins consistently picking both of those guys in a three man midfield um, when you also have Zalatsar, Idrizi, Drexler. I mean, there's a number of mouths to feed, and there's I mean I don't know it, it's possible. I think you could have Paulson at the six and Flick playing. Like you said, maybe kind of like an eight ish kind of role. I do think he has enough pace-ish to kind of cover some ground there, and I, I think he's shown that to some extent, although I do think he's probably better the in a similar role to Paulson. Ish, by the way. What? <laughs> the word of the day is ish. There you go. Yeah, I probably said, I'm saying that like <laughs> I've said every too. every other second. Um, yeah, no, but I can understand what you're saying, and and this is what I think this is kind of what we've been saying all along, is that like both of them bring a slightly different emphasis to what they're doing. I mean, they can, you know, and, and so it's nice to have both of like both of those things on the pitch um, at the same time. But yeah, I still I still can't imagine like both of them getting chosen in the midfield. I think it really worked in this game in particular because I thought that Paulson was mostly playing kind of more in the back line, mm-hmm. um, and you know he was creeping up a little bit, but I I, I don't know. I thought you know. Uh, Anyway, yeah, and uh, the thing I'll say about Drexler real quick is just that, um, you know, it's not it's not only that he just kind of like works hard and like you know runs a lot or whatever, which he does do those things, but I think he also does kind of have a little bit like underrated class on the ball, and I think the reason it's underrated is because he doesn't ever force things. He's not the creative engine. He's not yep. the person who's like asserting himself on the game and, and kind of like you know beating his man and then playing in the past or whatever, but. The, he lets the game come to him and then like once or twice a game, there'll be a moment and he will play the pass and it'll be properly weighted. And so you just go, Oh, it's a nice pass from Drexler. And so you're not really thinking of him in that way, but he does seem to consistently execute when those moments do arise and he's in the right position. Oh, I agree about that. hundred um, percent. Jamal here is saying that uh, Itakura player of the match for him for sure. Uh, would you agree? It's a tough call. Had the get, had the first goal of the game. I don't. I mean, I don't know if I wouldn't know if I'd agree. I wouldn't disagree with it though. It's I, I'm, shout, I'm, right? I'm I'm fine with that shout. And just yeah. and just in general, need a curl. What a signing, oh, especially goodness. just that, that final center back piece. I mean, like yeah. how much he improved our backline overall. It's like arguably the signing of the year. I mean, I'm sure it has to be Tirada pretty much. But like, yeah. I think Itakura is probably one A after yeah. that in terms of players. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, Oweyan, sorry, Oweyan too. I, I can't forget Oweyan, but I mean, like, too, yeah. but but but, but the, the fact that we're talking about Itakura in those terms, I think, is you know, yeah. And I got to say something about Schroeder and, and the and the management team for picking him and some of these players that they got. So, um, yeah, I think Itakura is a good shout. Uh, Salazar is a good shout as well. Got that brilliant goal, game winning goal. Loda even two assists in the game. Kind of woke up in that second half, right? Um, so yeah, there's like there's a bunch of shouts there. Obviously, Toronto a little quiet in this one, but. It's not bad when you still win the game. He had three goals in that one game, and he didn't. We didn't win the game. So if he didn't score a goal and we still win, that's that's good. Um, and this question kind of leads to my next thing: Where um, do you think the tactical flexibility with new ideas we saw come from Duskins, or rather than the team around him? You know, I'm curious. Once Sane is healthy, what are we going to see? Because we still don't know. This is two weeks in a row with everything. It's been different every time. But of course, there's injuries, so that played a part into it, right? 
with a full healthy team, what does Buskins do? Does he go back to the 3-5-2? Does he change it up a little bit? Is it a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Whatever's working. I'm curious to see how it'll work. I'm, I don't imagine it'll change that much because it's the end of the season. You can't really – it's not a time to be experimental. But I'm curious. And uh, the flexibility, I'm sure it's from the it's from Kreutzer and Buskins, uh, but also the pieces that we have out there because they, they can do different things, I think. Uh, what do you think is behind this tactical, tactical flexibility, I guess, with the, with the team? Yeah, I have to go back and like maybe rewatch um, one or two of the games since I mean, obviously there's only been two right now, but I mean like as we as we continue one or two of the games that he's done and see if like with a more tactical eye and see what I can pick up on. Um, I mean, I do think there's been a little bit more of variety in terms of shape at various times in the match, and that's kind of what we're talking about, like potentially disagreeing on kind of like how they were setting up to some extent. Um, but at the end of the day, it is still largely you know the Gramatis shape and system to some extent, um, and I think that's probably. It's a tough call because you know if it isn't if it isn't working, you don't want to say it's for the best just for continuity's sake because you know you weren't getting the results you needed. Otherwise, he'd still be the coach. But at the same time, yeah, you don't want to just change everything up all of a sudden. And as we talked about last week, maybe have three or four games in a row where you're kind of like learning the new system and getting to grips with it. You don't have that kind of time to play with. We need to kind of just consistently get results. And so I think maybe maybe more what's happening is like, all right, here's sort of like our default system. Here's some other ways that we can position ourselves in certain phases of the game or areas of the pitch um, and a couple new, you know, sequences and that kind of thing. And, and that give us a couple, you know, extra tools in the toolbox um, and kind of go from there. Uh, so I don't know, we'll have to kind of keep an, keep an eye on it and monitor as it goes along. Yeah. And from what I've seen so far, obviously a small sample side, but also things I've read is that the current management team are all on the same page. And that's why, you know, Buskins will go up there sometimes making his shouts out there or, or Asamo or even Kreutzer. We saw Kreutzer a lot, obviously, last game because Buskin was out with, with COVID. But it's that trust in the entire management team that anybody can go up there and 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 give directions to the guys. And we, they know it's coming from one team. It's one one cohesive unit. So that's a good thing, I think, like you said earlier. And so, yeah, it's, it's promising to see. And obviously, huge, big three points in this one. Obviously, to start the game um, – St. Pauli got a win, so they're on 51 points. Obviously, the big game of the day uh, was Werder against Darmstadt, two against three. Uh, obviously, Werder Bremen ended up winning that game up, big. up a guy. Yeah, big win for them. Um, but we move into fourth place now. So now, you know, I, I questioned before that game started that would we rather see one of the teams win or a draw? Because, at, you know, we were at that point on 47 points. Darmstadt and Werder were on 48. So, you know, a draw would put both of them at 49 within reach of, with the win. But... Hey, Verda gets a win. They're 51. We're now at 47, one behind Darmstadt. Um, still a lot to play for. I mean, we can if we win out, honestly, or, or do better than those two. Well, we want to be in the top two, right? We want to be in the top two spot. I think that third spot is something we don't want against the Bundesliga club. I've been saying it all season long, and I still hold true to that. Um, but you know, the result overall I thought was good. And you know, what came into that match, um, team of the week by kicker. Every week, you know, we seem to have a player, which is great. You know, see, every week you have a one, at least one person uh, in the best 11. And this week we had three. Uh, Loda, Loda getting the first start and getting to the team of the, team of the week. Two assists. Ko Itakura, fantastic game. Had the goal, first goal of the game. And obviously Rodrigo Salazar uh, with, the, with the goal in this one. So, yeah, it was, um, I guess, in a secondary assist, if you want to call that, off the corner kick maybe. But, uh, yeah, those, both all three guys played really, really well. Um, all deserving of uh, players of the match or players of the week, I guess I would say. Um, any other one else you think maybe should have slid right in there? 
no, that's fine by me. And like, yeah, you got to give Loda credit. Like we said, I mean, <laughs> hasn't maybe gotten the run he would have expected or wanted since joining, but uh, you know, gets his opportunity finally. And you have to give him credit for it. it came up in a couple big moments um, and affected the score sheet, which ultimately is going to help keep you around in this sport. Uh, the more you can do that. So yeah, shout out to those guys. I, I still like laugh at the jerseys because like it just, you know, the, the Viva West just painted on. Painted on. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good change. It's just, uh, it's just funny how it looks um, with all the sponsorship talk on the, uh, on the pod earlier already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of sponsorship talk, um, I actually shelled out some money and I'm getting me a Toroto red kit. I know it has the mm. sponsor on it, but I want that red Toroto one. So whatever I'm, t- I'm, get- I'm going after it. So, uh, but UK soccer shops where I'm going to get it from because can't get it on, on the American shocker website. So it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. Um, also some bit of good news during after the game, actually literally while the guy was on the field, Toroto, as if you haven't seen the video yet, he made a nice little video for Shaka fans after the game. And he's saying that, hey, I'm coming back one more year, uh, which is great for us because we need that. It's 19 goals already. We still got plenty of games to go. Um, so for those who you don't know, and I didn't know until I looked this up, uh, he had a clause in his contract. If he played a certain amount of games, uh, that he would automatically get an extension uh, for next year. And so with the game starting at Hanover, the, the trigger, the clause triggered automatically. And obviously he's happy to stay at Schalke. So I understand why that clause is in there too, because, you know, he's, he's in, what he was 33 when we signed him and you don't know how Shaka's is going to feature him. So he's saying, Hey, if you feature me, I'll, I'll join you another year, you know, cause he's, I'm sure they got him on the cheap compared to, you know, what could have gotten him for, I guess you know, with uh, the pedigree of him, but Hey, I'm happy. It, it, you know, and it works both ways because if he's injured, then, you know, there's durability concerns. Shaka don't want the second year potentially. And if he's Absolutely. playing that much that they can select him, it probably means he's been healthy. So, um, yeah, it kind of works for both parties in that in that sense. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some people who are like upset about this or would prefer to not have him for a second year, maybe, especially if we get promoted. There may be people be quite, I'm saying there may be some. Sure. Because you know, yeah. there are some people that were like questioning it when we signed him in the first place. Um, but I mean, for me, I guess what I would say is a- as old as he is, he's still delivering. Like yeah. he is. Like he's like the top scorer in the spite of when he's like, like again, you know, he's like right, he's been right there the entire season. Um, and that kind of goal production that you can just kind of bank on, um, you, you can't find it around every block. I mean, like it's worth something. There's a reason why he's in demand all the time. There's a reason why he was like a primary target for us, you know, once we yeah. got relegated. Um, and uh, listen, until I see Father Time like officially come for him and he just kind of drops off a cliff, I'm going to believe in it. And I'm going to think he's going to be able to keep it rolling for like at least, you know, one more season or whatever. So yeah. at, at worst case scenario, we get promoted. Maybe we get some other pieces around him. He's a super sub. There's worse people to have as a super sub than Simon. You know what I'm saying? I'm, there's a lot of ways this could work out. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. I think it's a win-win scenario too, because like if we, unf- it's unfortunate and we don't get promoted, we stay in the Svaita Liga. What better way to have the all-time Svaita Liga, uh, Liga score, top scorer in Toronto playing for you? Because you know he's going to bag you 15 to 20 goals easily, right? Uh, and then on the flip side, if we get promoted, how nice would that be for us and him if we f- he finally gets a break in the, in the Bundesliga where he's finally scoring goals? Because every time he's gone up or the times he's had uh, opportunities in the Bundesliga, he hasn't really delivered. So how nice would that be if he does if we do get promoted and he finds a way to get 15 goals next year? I mean, that'd be a pretty nice story to kind of close out his career, you know. So anyway, you know, we'll see. I'm not saying that he's going to be done next year, but um, I think it's a great deal, like you said, both ways for both teams. So. Um. Yeah. No. Happy to have him. A, a top striker. It's been a long time since you know since the Huntelaar Raul days that we had a guy yeah. that we could rely on. 
Uh, it's- yeah, I mean, listeners of the podcast will remember the first five or six episodes, like kind of regardless of the results. I think you and I were coming on with big smiles on our faces every because we're <laughs> like, how nice is it to have this guy? Like, for once, you have somebody that you can you know rely on to consistently finish some of these opportunities. And um, yeah, it, 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 he's been as good as advertised. I, I I can't really say that I'm in any way disappointed with what he's provided this season. This is about as good as I could have expected. You know, close to twenty goals yeah. already. Yeah. More uh, games to go. That's right. Uh, it's kind of fitting that because like the very first Shock America podcast ever was talking about Klaus Jan Huntelaar's retirement. Uh, the first one. Um, for, or leaving, for, leaving Shaka, I should say. So now, you know, we've got a goal scorer again. Uh, and it's nice. And Jack and I are all smiles, kind of like these two guys, right? We're just cheesing it up. It's, and you feel that way because you win. Uh, but we got the big game coming up this weekend. Um, they're all big going all the way down. They're all, you know, must wins at this, at this point, right? Uh, but we got Dynamo Dresden. They're going to be a Friday game, uh, midday kickoff. No watch along. No watch along. Um, but it is a midday game against Dynamo Dresden. So we're going to be at their home. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, we should win, but you never know. It's a team going to be in 16th place. Last it, it's, it's just about to say, yeah. Dusseldorf. That's, that's literally what I was about to say. It's the curse of the 16th place team. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, so I mean... I would like to say we should handle business, but we've said that a couple times recently, and it hasn't worked out multiple times. Um, you know, William William Kremp in the uh, in the comment section is really trying to get banned, bringing up to Santo, but you know, <laughs> because 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 it's him, we'll allow it for the time. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, um, I lost. This is what happens. People people start talking about DeSanto. I lose the sixteenth place team. The sixteenth place team. Yeah. Uh, the kind of team where DeSanto belongs in any division that he's in is probably on the sixteenth place team. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So anyway, I don't have much analysis beyond that. It's a team we should beat. It's a team we need to beat. Let's beat them. Um, we've we've gotten you know two games in a row. This is what we've been talking about: is we need the consistency. String a couple of results together. Be there to pick up the pieces when teams. Uh, stumble. You saw Darmstadt stumble against Bremen, as you mentioned earlier, and we were there to pick up the pieces. We're moving closer. We're, we're getting very close to being within touching distance once again of at least the promotion, uh, you know, playoff spot or whatever. So, um, yeah. And Med Hunter brings up a good point because everything is still to play for, still in our hands because everyone above us, we play down the stretch. If we want to get promoted, beat the teams in front of you, beat the teams below you, beat everybody. But you got Darmstadt still. We still got Werder. We still got St. Pauli. We got Nuremberg who are on our tails. Win those games, and it's in our destiny. But it's up to us at this point, and up to you know the management team to get the team ready for everyone to play this. So, yeah, yeah. So so keep it. You know, keep a couple of rotations going where you can keep people fresh. Get Sane and away on back, and be ready for like you know that final late season push. Like you said, you know, going up against people will have those six those promotion six pointers if you want to call them that. Yeah, and Jamal brings up a point, which is like, it'll be good and a, a yeah a bad day for us too, because you know, yes, we're helping each other out going up, and it's gonna we don't want to see it's the last day. It's Schalke versus Nuremberg, which is the last game, by the way, and they beat us. We don't get we don't get promoted. We don't want to see that. You know, it'd be nice if we both get promoted, but I don't want to see them go for us, friends or not. I don't care, but yeah, no, it's it's getting tight again. I mean, not that it wasn't the whole season's been tight, um, but yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, Dynamo Dresden. Minus 10 goal differential uh, this season. So, yeah, let's see. We have actually, for what it's worth, uh, goal differential the best in the league. It wasn't so long ago in the David Wagner era where we were by far the worst. 
we're the best in the league, entire league. Uh, at some point in the season, we were decidedly, you know, second or third. We were pretty far behind, but we've been consistent defensively. We've shored up surprisingly still, despite, you know, what happened with Gramozis. But, uh, yeah, onward and upper. Let's see what's going on here. And uh, let's see, last couple messages before we close this in out. It says uh, international break. Uh, oh, that's right. Next game is until April 1st. We got 10 days, Jack. No, how long we got? Uh, one... Almost two weeks. Almost two weeks. That's a long break. You're telling me that we're playing Dresden on April Fool's Day? That's going to go well for us. Oh, gosh. The headlines are writing themselves already. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and Utah says, yeah, yeah, we played Bremen, St. Pauli, Heidenheim at home, which would be a big plus with the fans. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's see. Let's end this on a good note. Uh, or else let's end this podcast and international break, the beginning of the international break on a good note. Uh, Jack, uh, anything uh, to plug or how can people follow follow you on social media? Follow me at JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Very good. As always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Shout out to NBC4 Nashville and shout out to Canada since you're in the chat. Um, yeah, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe and like the YouTube page. Definitely give us a follow on all our social medias. We are a podcast first and foremost, so listen to our podcast anywhere that streams music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, you name it, we're there. So definitely give us a follow if you're not doing that already. If you know, I'm sure you guys already are. Uh, and as always, yeah, enjoy the international break, and we will catch you hopefully on another Victory Monday, but uh, we'll see. Go golf. Mm-hmm.